Stu Does America. Ah, yes, the 2024 election is coming our way. Be sure to support the only candidate you should like and uh, understand should be the next president of the United States. Anyone but Biden, 24. Uh, yeah, it's a merch line available at stewdoesmerch.com. Use the code Stu10 to save 10%. If you're watching on YouTube, like the video, subscribe to the channel, hit the bell for notifications. We appreciate when you do all the things. Dan Andros is back in part three of Dan Andros Week here on the Stu Does America program. Uh, we've got everything from a new Andrew Cuomo scandal that you're going to love to how uh, burning bridges are just ma- mysteriously repaired overnight. We'll get into that. We also uh, cover the news people want to hear. Uh, about here on this program. And today, we prove that point by diving into Bill de Blasio's sex life, which I know you've been wondering about. So we're going to go into deep uh, detail on that one. And it's going to be very uncomfortable. But we start by doing Twitter versus threads. And I will say this. I'm not much of a fan of social media. You may know that about me. I don't like it very much. Now, I will say uh, it is true that every time you follow me on social media, a child that would have been thrown into a wood chipper is saved. And that's something that, you know, it's on you if you don't follow me. Maybe you like that. Maybe you're a Democrat and you like the fact that maybe some children aren't going to be alive that otherwise would be. Maybe that's one of your policy platforms. But if not, we'd love for you to, uh, to support us on social media. And it helps get the word out about the show. I like doing the show. I like talking about these issues. I like talking to you about these things. Uh, do I want to be on social media tweeting about it all the time? Not really. Do I really care if Twitter or Threads is the future of our society? Probably not. I don't understand. Is Threads really a thing? It, I, it's hard to imagine that it's actually a thing. Uh, Meta's Threads app has drawn 10 million users at launch. Hopes for more than a billion. Now, of course, this is their promotional stuff. It's tied into Instagram. So a lot of people are on Instagram already. They're just gonna, it's an easy uh, migration to bring your stuff over to Threads. And I, I don't know. It just seems to me, looking, every time I see their logo, I don't even, we have, the logo's kind of over my shoulder here, and it looks kind of like a weird at symbol almost, like squiggly line. That for some reason, to me, it just reminds me of the Ebola virus. Doesn't it? If you look at the upper left-hand corner of the Ebola virus, it's basically the same thing. And I don't know if that's, you kind of would like to stay, you wouldn't necessarily want your product to be associated with the Ebola virus if you can help it. That's kind of marketing one-on-one. Don't give cans of beer to Dylan Mulvaney and don't make your company look like the Ebola virus. I thought those were the two things every uh, company knew about, but apparently, apparently not. Um, Now, of course, you get this big launch, Mark Zuckerberg in front of it. We're launching threads. It's a Twitter competitor. And of course, Mark Zuckerberg is the first person to one million followers, right? Uh, No, Mr. Beast has beaten Mark Zuckerberg to one million followers on threads. Uh, He had uh, he got to a million and Mark Zuckerberg uh, close behind nine hundred and eighty six thousand followers. And it's it's interesting because the Zuckerberg thing here is there's this rivalry, obviously, with him and Elon Musk, their competitors. But like this is really just at some level a liberal play, right? For we've had this bizarre migration of thought on the left where Elon Musk went from the most important person in the world because he was saving us from global warming to some evil right winger or something that he's supposed to be now. Now, when I look at what Musk says, I'm torn on him at times. I don't I mean, look, if you've watched this show, one thing you probably know 
is the environmental extremism really bothers me. I, I, like, I have no tolerance for it. And the environmental extremism from Elon Musk, he's not a borderline guy. He's out there, the same thing with RFK Jr. I know a lot of you guys like RFK Jr. more than I do. One of the reasons I don't like him is the environmental extremism is a real problem. You're talking about the foundational benefits of civilization. We have brought this, this world, uh, ripped people out of poverty, uh, largely through the um, usage of fossil fuels. And then you have people saying we should never use them again. Now, Musk is much better than RFK Jr. on this stuff because he doesn't necessarily want to put his opponents into prison or kill them um, through uh, the uh, execution, uh, uh, through treason, which is what he's proposed to Glenn Beck and Rush Limbaugh. But, you know, other than that, uh, you know, look, Musk, I think, has some level of, uh, of sensibility when it comes to um, how he wants to deal with some of this. Number one, he likes to take lots and lots of your tax dollars. We'll tell you about that Andrew Cuomo story coming up here in a little bit. Um, but also, he at least can say things like, look, we need oil for this period of time. We need He's a, li a little bit sensible on this stuff. Um, Zuckerberg is somehow trying to take advantage of this moment. And it's a smart business play, I suppose. The risk is relatively low. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Zuckerberg is famous for basically stealing everybody's technology. This is kind of what this company has done. Facebook does one of two things. And this has been tons and tons of tech people behind the scenes have talked about this. You, ha you develop a new app. It's the new thing. Um, Zuckerberg ha has purchased in the past, um, uh, again, smartly, uh, programs that can detect when new apps are popping. And he gets this information and he says, hey, this, uh, you know, this, this particular app looks like it's getting really popular really fast. He swoops in and tries to buy it and essentially makes a bargain with the person who he's negotiating with. I'm either going to buy this product from you or I'm going to make one that's going to be very similar to it. And we're going to start it with Facebook and everyone's going to use ours, not yours. I mean, he basically leveled Snapchat when, uh, when, he, uh, when he started using stories on uh, Instagram. Uh, he wound up buying Instagram for something like a billion dollars, which at the time seemed like a lot of money, and now seems like an incredible bargain. For all the things you could say that, that are bad about Zuckerberg and all these practices and his politics and everything else, he, he's pretty good at this. And he's now seeing the weakness with Elon Musk and Twitter. Half of the population out there have decided suddenly they don't like Elon Musk because he likes free speech too much or something, right? He keeps saying things that they don't like. And the left can't deal with people who have different viewpoints than them. Elon Musk, who can be crazy about global warming, can go on Joe Rogan. He can go on conservative talk shows. He can go on liberal talk shows. He can go on mainstream talk shows because he can talk to people. He's not a, an idealist leftist. When you are an idealist leftist, you run away from other people's opinions. This is what you do. And because now they can no longer censor Twitter, because generally speaking, uh, Elon Musk lets m most stuff fly, they want to create their own alternative. And there is enough consternation on the left, especially to go over to threads and search for it. Now, look, if you're a business owner, it's a different situation. You probably want to get on threads. I don't know. We probably have an account. I have no idea if the social people have uh, have uh, acquired that yet. If 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 you want to go grab my account and it's available, um, well, I probably don't do that, but it's probably out there. I don't know. Bottom line is, like, if you're a business, you're trying to promote your stuff, probably people will go over there. Why not try to take advantage of an audience uh, if they're out there? I get that. But, like, do you really need another place to post short sentences? Do we, do we need more conversation? I say this about race all the time. They're always like, oh, well, you know what? 
we need a national conversation about race in this country. Do we? Do we need to talk more about race in this country? Is that really what we need? Have you thought about that sentence? I don't know, in the past 30 or 40 years, probably was a time we needed a national conversation on race. In fact, definitely was a time. But it's not now. We don't need any more conversation about race. We've talked about it enough. Everybody's aware. Everybody knows. Everybody thinks about it a little bit too much as it is. Uh, Zucks threads halo is the headline from Axios. Um, because, look, he, this is a, as they call it, a perfectly timed launch of Meta's Twitter copycat app. This is kind of a problem, though. Everyone's calling it a Twitter killer, a Twitter copycat. And usually when you have a business and someone else uh, decides they want to steal your idea, they don't admit it. That does seem to be what most of the coverage admits, though. This is just the same app, basically, with very few differences. Twitter is now threatening threads with a lawsuit. Uh, Twitter has threatened to sue Meta Platforms over its threads platform in a letter sent to the Facebook parent CEO Mark Zuckerberg by Twitter's lawyer Eric Spiro. Meta launched um, threads on Wednesday. And uh, in the letter, they accused Meta of offering uh, or former, uh, hiring former Twitter employees who had to uh, had access to this inside information and are going to bring it over to threads. Now, I would not be surprised at all if tons of those people who didn't like Musk left, maybe got fired. He dropped a huge part of part of the staff. They went over there and they start this new thing. And this is what they're going to go with. Would not be shocked at all if that's going to be the reality. And this this, of course, uh, activity is going to rage up. Right. There's going to be lots and lots of fighting between these two groups. Now, look, I will say, like, I don't actually care all that much about Twitter or threads or any of these things. I know that they're more important to other people than me. I, I get it. Like I, I, what I would like is all of them to die. Not the people involved, the, pro, the services. I would like them to all go away forever. That's kind of what I would like. But you know, The Village apparently not, not a documentary. Harder to do than you might think. Um, the stuff that you would expect that would happen, though, under a Mark Zuckerberg regime is already happening. Uh, Meta's Twitter clone launches immediately censors anyone with unapproved thoughts, says notthebee.com. Um, a, a post about uh, the cocaine in the White House has already been removed. Your thread on threads has been removed. And it's just a Hunter Biden thing. It, you know, it's nothing... No, no specific accusation as far as I know about Hunter Biden. It really just says breaking. It has been confirmed that the West Wing of the White House was evacuated due to cocaine being found. That's true. The FBI is scrambling to find out who it could belong. And then there's a picture of Hunter, which is just a joke. Doesn't mean, doesn't mean it's him, though. Who else? It's a whole other story. Um, and then uh, you try to follow Donald Trump Jr. on threads, apparently. Are you sure? Are you sure you want to follow Donald Trump Jr.? This account has repeatedly posted false information that was reviewed by independent fact checkers or went against our community guidelines. The site just started like yesterday. What do you mean he's, he's done it? Has he done it that many times already? I suppose they're maybe going off the Instagram background here. This is just basically a liberal escape hatch at this point, right? People have decided they don't want to see other opinions. They've decided, I'm just going to bail and go to a place where I can talk about the things that I want to talk about and no one will say anything to me. They, no one will disagree. Every bad opinion will get censored and I can live in my safe little safe space. That is, you know, you're, it's your right. You want to go find a place where you can do that? There's plenty of them. I don't, I don't know what value that brings to you. I, I don't want that on my side. I don't want to go to a place where everyone just says right wing things and that's all I ever hear. You know, like, I, I know you listen to The Blaze. You probably listen to a lot of other things, too. 
We try to give you different perspectives on the right, different ways to look at issues over here at The Blaze. You probably go to other services as well. You, you take in your as much mainstream media as you can possibly handle. And you know it's crazy sometimes, but he's, I don't know. I like to hear what the other people are saying so I know what's true and what isn't. And I can try to poke holes in it if I need to. Uh, maybe sometimes I believe. Maybe I'm awakened occasionally to something that I didn't know about. It's less and less frequently uh, uh, with the media these days. But really, this is just a test of how much do you hate Elon Musk. And how many people make decisions like this? This is really hard to do. I think we found this recently with some of the conservative pushback against some of the Pride Month stuff. Look, it doesn't look like the Twitter or the uh, Target thing had much of an impact at all. They're talking about going after Ben and Jerry's now. Ben and Jerry's doesn't care if you buy their products or not. They're just, they care about, you know, left-wing politics all above that. The one that has had impact, of course, is Bud Light. But that was one example. It's hard to do. Are you really the type of person who's going to use an inferior service based on the fact that you don't like the CEO of the company? It's pretty hard to push people over that barrier. And unless you get to a place where there's so much interesting conversation and everybody's over on threads, I just don't think people are going to switch. It's going to be hard to get them there. They've tried this with Blue Sky. They tried this with Threads now. They tried it with Mastodon. They've got a bunch of different services. They're always trying to get people to go over so you can find a place where you can put short sentences and dumb jokes and stupid comments up there. I don't know. It seems like maybe our society was, should evolve into more aspirational desires. Maybe creating the next place to put a sentence is not necessarily the highest output of human ability. Maybe, I don't know, there's another path. Maybe not depending on these services as much or at all is a better way to go. Maybe living your life off of these things. Maybe disregarding them completely. Maybe dealing with your family and your loved ones. And I don't know, solving the problems in your life is a little bit more important than the next Mastodon tweet you post. I guess it's not, it wouldn't be a Mastodon tweet. But a Mastodon message, whatever they are, I've never been on there. The point, though, is that like we have a, an obsession with this stuff, and it is interesting. It's interesting to look at where the tech stuff goes. And, of course, it is impactful when it comes to our politics, and that is where we really care. But maybe, I, let me just a quick, give a quick message to the left. Stop worrying about what Elon Musk is doing. Stop worrying about who he's censoring. Stop worrying about what Im, uh, imperfections in speech that you want censored that are not. And maybe read a little bit more long-form stuff about the stuff you believe. Maybe read a little bit more when it comes to books and articles and, I don't know, anything. The, the nutrition label, uh, you know, from uh, on your wheat thins, something that gives you some knowledge. Instead of, once again, posting for the nine millionth time while you think Donald Trump is Satan. Maybe focusing on your life and the problems in it. Would, it, would, would give you a little bit of, of an ability to step away and instead of trying to constantly blame race or sex or gender inequality or income inequality or whatever next thing you're going to pitch, learn a little bit about those topics. Learn, then post. Learn, then vote. Learn, then protest. Do those things in order and you'll get to a more satisfying life. Mark is not going to save you. Okay, threads is not your personal savior. I hate to break this to you. If you can't learn to speak with people who have differing opinions in a rational, a rational, sensible way, then you're already losing. 
And whether you think you're going to win the next election or not is not the biggest question. Are you going to win at life or not? And right now, you're taking a big L. Let me tell you about Grip6 and their awesome belts and their wallets and their socks. They got great stuff. They're a small company in Utah. They sell all over the world, but uh, they source everything in America. And it's kind of the reverse of seemingly what everyone else does. So they sit, you know, you build other products in like Bangladesh and sell to America. They're going the opposite way. They're selling to all around the world because people want their stuff. They say, this is the highest quality stuff you can find. How do I get more of this? Well, you got to go to America for it. This is a company in Utah. They, they have laser etched designs, logos, flags, all sorts of cool stuff you can put on your belt buckle. The wallets are really, really cool. They're different. They get, you can get them in carbon fiber. They're really great. The socks are warm, comfortable. They have all, tons of great products. And they're a company that, that is in a country that they don't despise. They don't hate America. They don't hate you. They actually love this country, and they work hard to keep jobs here in America. Grip6.com slash stew. Feel good about what you buy. Use the code stew. Save 15%. Grip, the number 6.com slash stew. Get 15% off today at Grip6.com slash stew. The standoff at the border is heating up between Texas Governor Greg Abbott and the federal government. Politicians will never let a crisis go to waste. We have been invaded. The crisis is being used by Republicans as a photo op by the Democrats to expand their voting base. More than 85% of everybody reaching the border is coming in. That's the definition of an open border. Just down the road, you can get in no problem, no Humvees, no farm guards. What people don't realize is there's a way around everything. The Blaze Originals team traveled to the Texas border, ground zero of the most controversial news story of 2024. With some experts estimating over 4 million border crossings in 2023 alone, we embedded with the Take Our Border Back convoy to investigate. What if the entire narrative you thought you knew was a lie? Go watch the real story of Texas versus the feds and how the elites use the border crisis against us by visiting realbordercrisis.com and use code TEXAS for $30 off an annual subscription to Blaze TV. We're wrapping up Dan Andrews week here on the Studios America program, managing editor for faithwire.com, host of the Quick Start podcast, which you should and can subscribe to right now, wherever you get your podcast. Uh, Dan, I was just talking about the Elon Musk thing. And Musk is like an interesting character to me. Like so much of our, the stuff that we talk about is like predetermined, right? Like you know what side of the issue seemingly everybody steps down on. And that's one of the things that I think that makes Elon Musk interesting, right? Like here's this global warming activist, starts an electric car company, and yet he's also the guy standing up and saying, I want to open that electric car company in the middle of COVID when I'm not supposed to. And it's, he's an interesting character. I'm conflicted on him at times. And this is one of the reasons why. Um, He does take a heck of a lot of the money from government to build his companies. And it bothers me. Um, this is a new story. This is, of course, close to my heart because Andrew Cuomo was awful. Dot com. Um, Andrew Cuomo, 2015, said, you almost have to pinch yourself, right? This is too good to be true. Eight years later, it looks like a pretty good assessment. This is from the uh, Wall Street Journal. New York State paid to build a quarter mile long facility with 1.2 million square feet of industrial space uh, for Tesla. Um, it was a billion dollars uh they are leasing it to tesla for one dollar per year they're paying one dollar per year rent which is a good rate i don't know it's below market and it's i mean thankfully for elon musk and tesla because how how are they going to afford the rent right you got to have cheap rent for tesla 
Musk uh, got this big situation. He said it would be churning out over 1,000 solar roofs. Uh, so far, it's getting close to that. Uh, 21. 21. Yeah, not 1,000, but 21 per week. It's a, it's a long process. Very long. Yeah, like Very long. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, they'll have it done probably at some All right. point. <laughs> Eventually. Yeah. Uh, the suppliers that Cuomo predicted would flock to a modern manufacturing hub never showed up. There is one new nearby business, a Tim Hortons coffee shop. So they got the one. I got that. That came. A state controller's audit uh, said only 54 cents of economic benefit for every subsidy dollar spent. So that's less. Uh, Musk's electric Tesla uh, maker, uh, Musk's electric vehicle maker Tesla and space transportation company SpaceX have received more than four billion dollars worth of tax breaks and other government subsidies since 2006. Uh, Nevada has given them a three hundred and thirty million dollar tax abatement just this year to help Tesla build a factory. I love this uh, this uh, comment, though, from E.J. McMahon. He says, in terms of sheer direct cost to taxpayers, this may rank as the single biggest economic development boondoggle in American history. Of course, Andrew Cuomo was involved in it, so you'd think it would be the worst. But this is so common, right? Government steps in. They say, we're going to pick winners and losers. Solar panels are the winners. Um, Electric cars are the winners. We're going to come in there. We're going to give you all this money. We're going to make this business. We're going to make it a thing. And so often it doesn't turn into that thing. No, it doesn't. And it it is a classic example of if the market were the thing that we just let dictate this stuff, they would go in there and they would do it. But instead, you know, progressives love to engineer, socially engineer. Like you said, they these are the things we like. These are the things we don't like. And so it's just it's a it's a false way. It's it's like kind of, it's a phony way to sort of prop up an industry, and it doesn't work. I mean, the same thing like with the solar panels panels that they're doing. I think that's the same deal with them. Everyone's like everyone I know that has them is like oh, it was a great deal. Well, it wasn't a great deal. You just I mean, for the taxpayer, maybe for you because you got something, and so well, we'll see if it works, right? Like, what do I have to lose? I didn't have anything to lose. Right, because but, because of the government subsidies. Right, because of the government subsidy, yeah. exactly. So, uh, but then, you know, we know the the stats on them. They they uh, become unusable after twenty years or something like that. Well, that's and, what they say. Yeah, probably even less. And yeah. then, but then they, whatever it is, it's before you make the money back on it, mm-hmm. on the investment or. The government makes their money back on the, on the investment. So it doesn't work out. It doesn't. Uh, you know, th- now, I think the Tesla ones are guaranteed for life. And, you know, I think Elon Musk does this stuff better than everyone else. Yeah. The reason why other electric car manufacturers have failed and, and Elon Musk has succeeded in a lot of ways is partially a bunch of government money. But also he built some good cars. Yeah. Cars that people like. They're really fast, and, and, and they have nice features, and they're... Better than Priuses. I mean, they're they're much better than the Prius. But it's interesting, Stu, though, because you talk about how you're conflicted on Elon Musk. I kind of like people like that, because I know that they're not just pandering to one thing, even though I know I'm going to disagree with them on stuff. Yeah. Bill Maher is like that. Yep. Like, I can at least trust that Bill Maher is not Joy Behar just repeating leftist talking points that she reads on Daily Beast and just parrots them back out and doesn't yeah. have doesn't think for herself, right? Somebody like Maher, somebody like Elon Musk, you can trust at least that they are thinking for themselves. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I've lowered my standards so much on this stuff now. I have, back in the day, I would look for people that when they were saying something, I knew it was true. And 
that seems to be the way you should look for people like in the media, right? Like if you're looking for a show, hey, they're saying something, I can trust them, they know it's true. I have lowered my standards now to the point is, I just want to believe they think it's true, <laughs> right? Because so many people in the media, people like we talked about uh, Joy, you, you mentioned Joy Behar, Joy Reid is another one mm-hmm. in this category. There's no way she could possibly believe half the stuff she says, but she knows what she's supposed to say, yeah. right? We know this happened through COVID, right? People would say, oh, we, of course we have to mask our children uh, in kindergarten. They all knew they didn't have to mask. They all know men and men are men and women are women, but they're saying these things because they think they're supposed to they, they, it's it's the narrative they're they're following the rules um you know i remember this with the the, the story that hits me all the time with this is that sharon osborne one remember she was on that i don't know that view clone i think it was a view clone mm. and she came out and she you know got into some sort of controversy and the, the uh, there was an african-american co-host who came out and said well we have to say this because if we don't i know you're not a racist but we have to say this or people will beat us up on twitter and it's like if you can't say what you believe if right. I can't trust you to actually say the things that you think are true, why the hell am I tuning into your show? Right, exactly. And I think it's the, the Twitter is sort of morphed, it started to morph into culture. Like I used to, I used to always sort of scoff at Twitter. Yeah. Just be like, ah, it's just, it's the things that happen on Twitter. But like you're seeing that happen more in real life. And I think what, what it is, is people, even in like positions like a Joy Reid or Joy Behar, there's so much information and it's coming so fast that most of them don't take the time to, to actually read into an issue. Yeah. Like, I know you read about the things. I know I'm very skeptical to comment on things like forcefully unless I actually know and I've read into it. Yeah, that you're the minority. Sens- that sensibility is gone. Yeah. Like people will just say stuff. It's old school. Go, yeah, they'll just say stuff and if, if, if it's wrong, well, whatever, uh, um, I'll... I'll just move on to the next thing or whatever. But they don't actually know. This and is so how we know we're getting old. Some, yeah. We, we are, this is old. This is old thing. Yeah. We are old school. I mean, the old school is you look at an issue, you question yourself, am I right on this? I read up on it, you challenge yourself. What's the best what's the, other argument? What's like, the best like, other argument? I don't want to defeat the straw man wimpy one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, you search it out. It's, you know, I know my tendency is this. I like, I like, winning arguments. I like being right. I don't know that I always am, but I like I like the process of figuring something out, understanding what the best argument is, seeing if I'm right on it. And I like having moments where I find out I'm wrong. I think it's interesting. I think it makes the world interesting. But, and we're the I'm, only ones, apparently. But I'm frustrated when I'm wrong is when I speak too soon and I do that thing. Yeah, like, I get pissed at myself. Slip, right? And I'm like, ah, like, why did I do that? I didn't, I didn't look at it. But I, I but remember. The modern society has mastered the ability to not get pissed at yourself. Yeah. You, you, you blurt out something initially before you know anything about it. Yeah. And you just go on with your life and act as if it didn't happen and everyone's fine. You switch your opinion from one side all the way to the other, all the way back to the other, and everyone forgets about it. Yeah. I remember one of uh, the, the, remember the George Zimmerman, that whole debacle yeah, yeah. there? Um, well, I remember that trial was going on and like, well, I think he was an idiot and he was just acting like a wannabe cop and all that. Um, but the trial, like there wasn't evidence like to, right. to, to, you couldn't convict him on it, right? And I watched a lot of that trial. And so I remember like some MSNBC host was like all raging about it. And I commented on that. And I was like, well, actually, blah, 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 blah. And I had all these people going, well, what, are you, what makes you the expert on that? I'm like, well, I'm not, but I watched the case. Right. I at least put some Did time Did you in. watch the case? Yeah. Not, well, no. Right. Okay, well, there because you go. It like, became yeah. like, a statement of who you are, right? Instead of 
what actually happened in the George Zimmerman, Trayvon Martin uh, trial or Kyle. Uh, what's his face? Uh, Kyle, the guy he's been on uh, right, in the studio. Yeah. Rittenhouse. In the, in the, Kyle Rittenhouse. Yeah, Rittenhouse. Yeah. It's a, another great example. Like you can say you think Black Lives Matter was wonderful. You can say that there's too much racism and, and all this. But you can't say when looking at the looking at the actual video of what happened that night with Kyle Rittenhouse that he was the one in the wrong. Right, but he was being attacked from behind. But people have stopped saying, "Okay, well, here's our here's how our system of law works." Yeah, there. I am mad at this situation, right? Because I'm on this side and I'm annoyed about it, and so therefore he's guilty. Yeah. That, that's how we think now. It's just we are the dumbest society. It really is, and it's so central to all of our problems. Like all the problems that have developed and become, you know, in, in you know that have developed in our politics, especially, are this basis. Like you know, this is we're, we're man, we have so much stuff to talk about in the yeah. office, but but this is the, the cocaine thing is a good example of this cocaine in the White House, right? The story comes out and it is it's in the the public tour area, and that puts people in their camps, right? That first leak. And I don't know, is this intentional? You tell me. But the first leak comes out and it puts people in their camps. And the left goes and says, come on, guys. It was, it was in a public tour area. There's people walking through there all the time. It could be anybody. Stop saying it's Hunter Biden. That's crazy. Couldn't be a family. Stop it. Right? They get into those positions and they lock. The, that leak locks all the people on MSNBC and CNN into the position of it, you've overblown this. It's nothing. Stop. You're, you're crazy conservative pouncing. Then two days later, they say, well, actually, it wasn't in the public uh, tour area. It was actually over in in a private but heavily trafficked area of the White House working staff. So tons of people walking through, but it's not the actual public area. It's, it's more of a private area. And then everyone's like, well, uh, well, of course, I mean, it's a heavily trafficked. There's people walking through there all the time. Could have been anybody. <laughs> then another day goes by. Actually, it wasn't in that area. It was by the executive entrance near where Kamala Harris parks her car. Um, and now we're in an area where it is a very limited amount of people it could be. It would be very strange to have just some random person there with a bag of cocaine. We're talking about probably someone who was not searched coming into the White House. Someone who probably, uh, maybe a family member, a close aide, somebody like that, that they had no concerns about whatsoever, so they didn't bother patting down. They didn't look through their bags. But, like... You've already locked in MSNBC to the defense. And now, because of what we're talking about here, they can't leave it. They can't bring themselves to say, you know what? Gosh, the first thing they said sounded reasonable, but they've blown this and we're wrong. The Hunter Biden laptop, same story. It obviously was, you know, it was a Rudy Giuliani plan. It's Russian disinformation. They back themselves into this corner. And they do this intentionally. They put yeah. them there, and then they can't say. Well, it. it's a, it's now a social media with the with the how much it's grown is now a weapon that government propagandists can use. So they absolutely know, you know, it's it's not that they're you know colluding with them. They just know what they're going to do, and yeah. they're like, okay, we let's get that out there. It, it's like the whole first tweet retweet correction thing. The the first tweet gets, yeah. you know, a gazillion million views, right? That goes viral and then oh, by the way, that was all wrong. Yeah. And that gets like 10 likes. Yeah. <laughs> and and so the information's out there in most people uh, that they want even if they get the correction out there later. So they do that because they know the first part's going to get that. Everyone's going to get locked into their positions. They know everyone's team team rah rah rah. I'm not switching. And the only way you defeat that is by 
doing your own due diligence or watching shows like your show where you know people have actually researched the things they've said uh, and hold people accountable. But but we're so tribal now that it's just, I don't know how you undo that. You, you see a lot of like outlets that come out that go like, we're, we're going to be the ones that they, like nobody wants to click it. Like it, the click monster is really tough to defeat. Yes, because you know it's. What's not going to solve it is switching to threads. You know, like that. Uh, It's not the solution here. Um, There, uh, the the solution is probably something a little bit more serious that's going to take a longer time to discuss. Let's take a quick break. Come back with more here on the other side. Dan Andrews, FaithWire.com, the Quick Start Podcast. Back with more in a second. We're back with Dan Andros, managing editor of FaithWire.com, host of the Quick Start podcast. You can get wherever you get your podcast. Dan, you're from Pennsylvania. And uh, there's a story that happened, uh, oh gosh, early June maybe? Really, actually a terrible story. A, a terrible accident is at the beginning of this, but it, it leads you to question everything, every piece of information you get from the government. Yeah. Yeah, well, so basically what happens is it's, it's just north of Philadelphia where I-95, major artery there. And a guy's driving a truck and something happens and he crashes under this bridge overpass. And it's some kind of fuel truck, so it catches on fire, massive fire, burning right under this underpass, uh, overpass. And so it melts it. Yeah. I mean, there's some wild videos of people that, you know, they can see the smoke, so they turn on their cameras and they're driving up to the bridge and it's it's like buckled like this. Mm. And they drive right you can over. See, it. like uh, like uh, they go down like a swell. Yeah. Like, it's really terrifying. And you can't quite see until you got like, right up there. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then it collapses. It's a massive disaster, right? Luckily this, no one's on the bridge when it yeah, collapses. No one's on the bridge, so the driver sadly died, but I think he was the only one that died in it. You didn't have a bunch of other crashes, which was, you know, uh, thankfully but uh, but so you have this like massive, you know, wreckage there of just a big section of overpasses. Just it's all rubble. I actually drove by it. Uh, had to go down to Philadelphia a couple days after it happened, and it looked. I mean, it was smoldering. You just have rubble everywhere. Look like a war zone down yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. And the day I was there, in the middle of the week, they were saying they were going to have it reopened by the weekend. And I thought, and it, how many days what? after the incident was this? Uh, this was uh, this was a few days after, maybe maybe about five or six days after. So because like, I distinctly remember seeing, I think, the governor come out and be like, "This is a big tragedy." And, and if you don't know this area, I ninety five is like the highway, right? Like, there's you, you can't go up this this coastline without it. It's it, you know goes from Maine to Florida, and it's we have so much of our you know freight and everything else goes through here. It, it's a massive center. To have people have to divert into a city, these hundreds of thousands of people, is it's hard to overstate what a catastrophe that would be for traffic and everything else and business. So they came out and they said, look, this could take three months for us to fix this, which, okay, you got a bridge down, you got to build a bridge. Three months sounds like the typical sort of time frame I would expect. And yet a few days after the incident, they're saying, oh, we're going to have it up by the weekend. You got to, yeah. what, what's going on there? Yeah, and, and they actually got it done in 12 days. 12 days. days. Now, you've seen all of the... uh, Everyone has experienced construction projects around (laughs) them that have been going on since before they were born, practically. They're just always there. There are certain roads. Route 1 near me always has lanes being moved in in similar areas, and you're just like, they're just there. These construction projects go on forever and ever. So this one, obviously, they rallied, you know, sources, resources around and got it done, but it makes you question... 
what what happens there on all these other projects? Why do they, they can't rally people on other con yeah. on highway projects and just get them done? Yeah. W wait a minute. So the 14-year project down the street from right. my house, why is that one not done in a weekend? Right. And I have, my, I mean, my two theories on it are, I mean, look, I'm sure every project's different, right? Like, it's not just like, a, oh, they all take this amount of time, right? I, I'm sure that of each course. one presents its different challenges, and I know there's a lot of moving parts and things. But... By and large, there's two things I think of. One is the federal government does not have to stick to budget as much as a private company does, right? right? When have you ever heard one of these big construction projects, hey, guys, we came in under budget? Never happens. N never happens, ever. It's like, oh, it's going to only cost taxpayers $2 billion. We're going to have this great thing. You know, it ended up costing $100 million, and you're like, what? It's <laughs> like, whatever. It's like, we'll just raise the taxes. They don't care, right? right. Like, nobody, it's not coming out of anyone's, any of their pockets. Right. So why not slow so play it? So why not slow play it and just let it go along? The other thing is the unions. Mm. So, you you know, I'm sure they were working around the clock to get it done in 12 days. There's just no way, way the unions are, nope, we're not doing that, you know. Uh, yeah. you know so they, they obviously just said, you know, the governor and whoever else was just like, we're going to get this done. I don't care about guys this time. Rules. Don't yeah. don't be the union guys yeah. like this time. Come out here and do this as fast as possible. Don't give me the delays because I think that's all built in. Right. And of course, a Democrat can come to them and say, hey, normally, whatever, milk these jobs as long as but we really need this bridge right. back together. It's really important. Right. We should follow the comp whatever the company was that the main one was doing this. You, <laughs> I guarantee you they're going to get some other job. He's probably like, look, yeah, massive get this done. Yeah. We're going to get you this sweet <laughs> lane change gig uh, over in uh, 76. Yeah. And I, I uh, would not be surprised. 20 year project. You'll be good. Let's get this done. It'll make me look good. Because he did. I mean, he took like a victory lap. We did it. Yeah. You know, we landed on the moon. Like, well, we, we got the overpass. It was impressive, right? It was an incredible yeah, job. Sure. But, yeah, sure. And it shows that we can do it, which right. is great. That's I wanted to point. see it all the time. And then, of course, he went on to cancel his own school choice program just a few days later. Um, I, last thing on this. I really do think and wonder whether we should just go the other way. And instead of trying to work on these roads the way we're doing, like little bit by bit, closing it at night, just close them all down close for like down. A, a month and make it a catastrophe for a month that everyone right. work from home and then get it all back together. We're out of time here, Dan. We can take a break uh, tense, uh, in, in uh, just a few seconds. Dan Andrews, he's the managing editor of faithwire.com. Be sure to check out his Quick Start podcast. It's available right now. You can subscribe to it today. Dan, thanks for coming on the program. All right. Thanks for having me. A couple of reminders as we get into uh, what I hope is a great uh, summer weekend for you. We have glensnewbook.com. This is next week, Tuesday, the release of Dark Future, a book that you're going to want to get. It's the second in the Great Reset series. Pick up your copy, glensnewbook.com. It'll be at bookstores on Tuesday. We'll have a bunch of stuff on that coming up uh, next week. Uh, also, uh, the next week I'm going to be in Iowa for a forum of national voices, which is going to be really interesting, many of which are running for president of the United States on the Republican side. We'll be talking to some of the candidates and, and doing all sorts of stuff. That'll be interesting. And then uh, what else? Oh, uh, get the Joe Biden shirt. you got to get that. Anyone but Biden 24. No matter what candidate you're going to be supporting, it's probably not going to be Joe Biden. So get the T-shirt. Anyone but Biden in 24. It's available at StuDoesMerch.com. The code is Stu10. StuDoesMerch.com. Code is 210. Have a great weekend.